alive, it's alive, it's alive. The thoughts and ideas expressed in this podcast are solely those of the authors and guests of the podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Soberless Thoughts. I'm Mike Erdenbeck. I'm Alex Corley. And these are all Soberless Thoughts. Hello and welcome to the Broadcast Nation. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yeah. the most riveting podcast on the interweb. This <laughs> is Soberless Thoughts. Uh, tonight, we're drinking a concoction that Alex has created. Uh, what is this called? <laughs> It's called the Frankenstein. The Frankenstein. <clears throat> and why are we drinking the Frankenstein tonight? Well, uh, <laughs> we're drinking the Frankenstein because that is going to be the topic of today's uh, encounter is how to survive Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Not, is it Dr. Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster? We'll get into that. Oh, because okay. uh, <laughs> there is something I want to bring up. Um, but yeah, uh, the tale of Frankenstein, or if you're, you know, young Frankenstein, it's a uh, Frankenstein, um, <laughs> Frankenstein with Igor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I guess technically Frankenstein's monster. So Frankenstein, what's in the Frankenstein, Alex? So the Frankenstein, Frankenstein, I'm going to have trouble saying this, I can already tell. So I looked up a bunch of different recipes about how to make this thing, and I almost made the other one, which I wasn't looking forward to because I just didn't want to do it. But this one, uh, it called for a white liquor. So there was a couple that were like tequila, margarita-based. There were some that were vodka-based. I went with gin to give it an ode to... Where Frankenstein was created, which is in Europe. And they love their gin over in Europe. You know, that's where it started from. So mine's got gin in it. And then I put a little bit of melon liqueur. Uh, so it's about an ounce gin, about an ounce melon liqueur. I put, I meant to put a half ounce of uh, triple sec, a little orange liqueur, but my dumbass grabbed the wrong container and I put peach schnapps in it. Oh, okay. Uh, but. It's still good. Um, it's still citrusy. It just it's peach more than yeah, a little tang of peach and a little tang of orange. Because then I put uh, pineapple juice on top. Oh, okay. And it, and it comes out a, a nice little green, almost like a melon ball with gin in it, with a little hints of peach. So yeah, it's a. Uh, mm, yeah, it's a, we've, we've yeah. got a good uh, picture of you holding the gl- the green glass that will be. <laughs> That you will have seen on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, because I will go ahead and make that picture the picture for the podcast. <laughs> that is the uh, the Frankenstein monster. Frankenstein yes. monster. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 All right, buddy. Well, let's take a drink and see what it tastes like. All right. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly. When you're alone, women seem wicked. When you're unwanted, streets are uneven. When you're down, when you're strange, faces come out of the rain. 
Is it peachy? No, it is <laughs> definitely pineapple. I'll give it that. Um, I don't know it's, it's it's kind of like feel like you're gonna sit down at the beach or something. Uh, like I said, melon balls are definitely a light like Saturday afternoon drink while we're all watching polo if we we're rich. Um, kind of cocktail. Um, I prefer but, lacrosse. Oh yeah. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know I was talking to someone like you okay yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> i feel a, like it's more of a manly sport yeah well we don't like those barbaric things this high up you know yeah uh, <laughs> 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 oh that's funny i guarantee you someone out there does say shit like that too They're like oh you watch lacrosse you watch uh, field hockey uh, uh, <laughs> i just watched the stock market for fun uh <laughs> <laughs> see if daddy's gonna pay for my yacht uh, <laughs> um but no i like it it's uh definitely light a little sweet um melony and the gin's not really overwhelming it's it's just lightly there is the gin the only alcohol that you put in this no the gin's the only strong gin's the strongest alcohol so I did about an ounce of that then an ounce of the melon liqueur is also an alcohol oh, okay. but it's like 35% alcohol and then the peach schnapps is also like lower like 15 or something like that yeah. and that's in there uh, but can't so, you get peach schnapps without alcohol in it peach schnapps without it I think I don't so. think so you don't think so I mean t- to be a schnapps it's got to have alcohol I thought like, like a virgin peach schnapps I think it'd just be peach juice um, it has like another different flavor to it or something. Yeah. I, I feel like I've seen that somewhere before. Unless it's like peach syrup. Hey, uh, I know we're on the to- topic of alcohol. I'll tell you something. I keep watching like on TikTok. It keeps popping up. Um, yeah, I got a TikTok, everybody. Um, 
the someone is selling a non-alcoholic spirit a non-alcoholic bourbon to be precise really yes and it tastes like bourbon i guess but it keeps popping up on my like feed hmm because I guess I follow a bunch of drinking people, and they're like, "Try yeah. something without alcohol." Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, now that it's October, October first, yeah. uh, I want to try that bourbon that the Vampire Diary guys put out. Ian Summerholder and his best buddy. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what it is. I have to look it up again. But we follow them. The podcast page follows them yeah. yeah oh you vampire diaries yeah. um, uh, <laughs> but whatever it is it's out now and i want to get some of it before this month is over okay. and incorporate that into into something that we maybe when we do uh maybe when we do one of the home and how to survive a home invasion yeah because vampires that's a good vampire thing oh for sure for sure <laughs> yeah we'll just have to find it is all yeah might have to special order it yeah right i wish they would uh just send us one but you know whatever we can dream um, yeah. so this month is yep. our annual october how to survive month yep as you have must have already guessed today yes. is uh how to survive a frankenstein Frankenstein. And then, and then uh, also this month, we'll do how to survive a home invasion, how yep. to survive a possession. And what's the other one we're going to do, Alex? Uh, <laughs> going to be a mystery. <laughs> going to be a surprise. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I gotta be honest. I'm, I'm going between a couple things right now. I was like, try, I was thought, thought about keeping up with the monster theme of like a mummy. And then there's some other ones I was thinking about. So, well, we'll, we'll know by next week for sure. Yeah. So next week will be a home invasion. Uh, the following week will be Alex's mystery, uh, how to survive that you will get to know next week. That's right. And then uh, the fall, and the finally, the final it all out uh, with how to survive a possession. And then the following week after that, because there's five Fridays in October, five Fridays in October, uh, the last Friday will be our Halloween special coming at you live from a haunted location somewhere in the greater united states that's right <laughs> we look forward to it every year yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh how to survive frankenstein to truly understand frankenstein is to know frankenstein now um uh i've got to give you backstory to this because this isn't one of those things that's like there's so much lore about it. It literally, we literally know who started it. And it's so rare when it comes to like, like vampires, you know, we've talked in the past where it's like, it all derived from people, uh, 
what was it the plague or something like that people are like waking up tuberculosis tuberculosis tb that's right that's where it all started with so frankenstein all started uh by a woman named mary shelley oh yes Uh, and we've all heard of mary shelley's frankenstein and there's a reason because she literally invented it um to give you backstory, it was 18, I think it was 1814 or 1816, if I've got my dates right. Um, and what was happening at that time was her and like four of her friends were all hanging out at like essentially a castle in uh, Switzerland and they were hanging out. And it was the summer, but it was it's what they called the endless summer or the dark summer, basically because, and this is what I was having to look up earlier, the summer that wasn't. Yes. Well, it was a summer essentially without light. It was raining and it was like dreary and there just wasn't anything going on. And the reason I was looking this up is because we've talked about something happening in the 1800s. Yeah. Uh, well, here's something that happened in the 1800s. The early 1800s. Could, early 1800s. It was that the um, an Indonesian volcano erupted. And it basically shot, and it was so big and so, like, it, I think it killed like 1,500 people. And it basically just blanketed the skies. And Let's see, Mount Tambora in Indonesia called a severe climate of abnormalities and lots of rain. And stuck inside, people would, uh, at least for her, uh, when she was visiting Switzerland, uh, it was the year without a summer is what they called it. That was the actual term. Uh, they were stuck inside, and basically her and this group of people would read each other all these like German ghost stories and things like that. Uh, yeah. I guess the guy that ran the place she was staying at was Lord Byron. Mm. And he proposed at one point during the summer that they should all write a ghost story and have a ghost story competition. Dude, I like this guy. Yeah. Um, and apparently this wasn't like, I don't know, I've, I've, I've heard in other sources that this was like a wild party too. Like there was a lot of like drinking, a lot of booze, a lot of other things. And they were just, and let's just say it was a wild group of people that are getting down, uh, especially for that time. So this um, party lasted the entire summer? Essentially, because that's how people used to do it back then. You just didn't like I mean, that's when like when people would go, I go summer over here, especially if they have any sort of money. Yeah. They, you know, they would basically go stay at other people's estates and they would like you couldn't just hop in a car and then like, all right, I'm out, man. Too cool. Right, there was a crazy night we had last night. People yeah. used to have to like go, especially 1814. Uh, when you went somewhere, you stayed there for a while. Right. So, you know, if they're stay, if, you know, especially if it was another country, they might stay there for a month, two months, three months, that kind of thing. Right. So An entire summer. Yeah, basically. So they're basically hanging out with this guy, they're partying. Uh, and the, the group was, uh, Lord Byron, Mary Shelley, I think Percy Shelley. Um, and they're in a physician named John Pilladori. And I think Lord Byron also had a uh, a female there. Like, I don't know if it was his wife, it was a girlfriend, just a lady, what her relationship was. But I think they were together, but not together. I don't know. I heard of, 
I heard a lot of rumors about like, you know, they were together, but these two were seeing each other. It was, it was like a big love quadruplet that was going on th- this whole thing. But yeah. a lot of good that times. was hearsay. A good yeah. times. Yeah, a lot of that was hearsay, or it was all known. Who knows? Um, like I said, they were wild and partying. Yeah, um, yeah, it was uh, Victorian swingers. Let's say it that way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know for sure, but yeah, I uh, may have seen that video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my word, it comes on right after Downton Abbey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, David. All right, so they decide to have a competition to see who can create the best ghost story. And they all take a couple days off and they write all their stories. Now, here's the here's the craziest part about this. Two people in this building create two of the most iconic characters of all time. Mary Shirley, Sherry comes up with Frankenstein. Frankenstein of Frankenstein's monster. That story comes out of this. Mary the Shelley. Other, yes. Uh, and then the other one, I think it was Lord Byron. Uh, he came up with Dracula. And that would eventually become Bram Stoker's Dracula. And they so both are in. Lord Byron is Bram Stoker? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> or it, I mean, people use the non plumes back then all the time. Um, or he gave the story to Bram Stoker to then finish. Uh, but they both were invented this night. Mm. So it was an epic night of storytelling. Yeah. Uh, but funny enough, Mary Shelley actually won the uh, competition uh, where she wrote a story about a, uh, a doctor, Dr. Victor Frankenstein, um, which... Also, the story that we know today isn't exactly the same as she wrote it that night. She actually re-edited it and released it, I think, in 1816 or 1818. And um, that's the story we know today. But essentially, it was uh, Victor Frankenstein was a doctor who didn't finish medical school, I think, actually. But he uh, was obsessed with bringing um, the dead back to life. He went out and got all these dead body parts and even went to the slaughterhouses and got dead animal parts and built this guy and brought him back to life with electricity. Um, and then as the story goes, he was so like, once the thing came to life, he feared it so much. He ran away. Mm. And then now Frankenstein is just, or Frankenstein's monster. Cause he called it a monster wanders off in the woods where he meets a like a blind man who actually teaches him how to like read and write. Um, and he actually becomes very literate and can like talk and have long dialogues and all that. And, but every time he tries to help somebody, they're so disgusted by him. They push him away. Then he gets mad. And then he starts essentially attacking people whenever, um, he goes back, finds his creator and goes, you need to make me a mate. So I have someone. And then, uh, he refuses. So Frankenstein kills his cousin. Then he refuses again. He kills like his brother. And then he's like, if you don't make me a mate, I'm going to come for your, uh, beloved on your wedding night, which apparently Victor Frankenstein would just leave for weeks on end. And he <laughs> left the night of his wedding night. And then Frankenstein came in and now she's dead. 
So then uh, Victor Frankenstein makes starts to make him a mate. And before finishing it, he feared it so much because he goes, this is the end. This is, this will create debauchery and devils and all this stuff and then tears it apart. And then, uh, essentially tries to then chase after, um, Frankenstein, the monster. And in the story, he chases it literally up to the Arctic and he's after him the whole time. I think it was that way. And then, he basically dies of hyperthermia and then the monster just kind of walks out into the Arctic to just freeze to death and die. Mm, and that's how it ends. And that's kind of the, yeah, that's kind of the gist of it. Now I got to tell you, I read a lot about Mary Shelley. So I got to give you this little backstory of it. Uh, just cause I th- found it interesting, especially like a lot of people look at the story as a, uh, you know, it's it's a monster story, but it's it's more about like being accepted, not judging a book by its cover, um, looking at people's actions, that kind of thing. But it was also dealing with her because like her her herself has dealt with a lot of tragedy. Like her mom, I think, died four days after giving birth to her. So she said she always mourned her own mother, and. Her husband, I think Percy Shelley, constantly talked about committing suicide, which he finally did years later, uh, where he basically just washed up on shore. Um, She actually tried to give birth a couple of times, and they died very young. Like one was a matter of weeks. Another one was like months. Uh, She did have a couple of children that did uh, end up um, like, you know, living to adulthood. But part of uh, what caused this story to even become part of her subconscious is when one of her kids passed away, she had a dream that she picked it up and took it to the fire and rubbed it and it came back to life. And that was kind of the beginning of the idea. And then on their way to Switzerland, they stopped at some kind of weird, um, uh, some kind of like castle. It was like Castle Frankenstein. Like literally, that was the name of it because Frankenstein means like boulders of Franks or something or building of Franks. Um, and during which, like the physician and Lord Baron and whoever are talking about new technologies of the time, which there was people making experiments by taking electrodes and hooking them up to frogs' legs and making them like jump. Yeah. Because electricity then, was a brand new thing then. Yeah, it was brand spanking new. It was the, it was the hot potato of the day. Uh, yeah. Frankenstein, it's in. Uh, so, uh, one of the nights when they were writing all these scary stories, I guess the combination of all these things, she had the dream of Frankenstein, of a doctor bringing a human back to life. Oh shit! And that was what she ended up writing it down. So it was literally one of her dreams. So it was like kind of neat that way. Now, you, you know what that makes me think? What? That I need to start writing down the crazy ass dreams that I have. And then like just a synopsis of what happened in the dream and yeah. using that to then piggyback off of with my English and creative writing background to write, <laughs> to actually write 
uh, novels based off of my own fucking wild dreams. See, I'm right there with you, and I thought the same thing, but I got to give it to this woman. She could write a sentence. Like, it was insane. Um, let's see. One of her... I can't remember what this entailed, but this is like one of her quotes. Is she said, uh, let me see if this is the right one. Uh, uh, what was it? Supremely frightened would be the effect of any human endeavor to mock the stupendous mechanism of the creator of the world. Oh, oh. Yeah, man. That's, that's early 1800 speak right there. Yeah, dude. They were a, far more advanced than we are now. Uh, for sure. They, uh, well, they read more because that's all there was to do. Uh, but <laughs> So they tell you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The ones that could read, uh, but they. Uh, or so our masters would like us to know. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but here's the crazy thing. You're talking about that. You know what age she wrote? Um, 27. She was 27. Nope. Ah, oh, damn. 16. Um, <laughs> she was 18 years old. 18. When she wrote that, she was 18? Yeah. See? All right. See now, I'm, all right. So I'm looking at this, and I swear I've read somewhere else that she was 16. Um, but so she, at 16, she ran away with the poet uh, Percy uh, Shelley. Over the next two years, she gave birth to two children. In 1816, the couple traveled to Switzerland. So it was 1816. So yeah, um, yeah. So she was 18 years old, and it finally got published in 1818 under a different name because they didn't think because she was a woman, I guess it would sell as well. Uh, because that's the way shit was back then. So it was actually, she used, I guess her father and her father was a, uh, he was also a writer, but he was an anarchist writer as I heard described in some of the research <laughs> and it, and her mom was a, like a, a woman activist, like a very like feminine, not feminine, well, duh, but like, um, I guess like, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like basically fighting for women's rights and all that kind of thing yeah. of the time. Yeah. Uh, so very like revolutionary, especially for the time, uh, which I'm sure it's been around, but you know what I mean? Like very like gung ho. She was a feminist. Yeah. You, I mean, you can go that route. Is that what um, you were trying to say? Yeah. I was, I was trying to think of another term. Um, but yeah, so she wrote that at 18, uh, which is insane. It'd be like, your what papers did you write your senior year in high school? Now let's publish them, and they're going to be a famous story for the next two hundred years. Dude, I'm not going to lie. Some of the best shit I ever read, I ever wrote, was right around that time frame of my life. I uh, like because that because that was when I was like in the peak of my writing it was like my senior year of high school, freshman, sophomore year of college was like when I wrote the most and like the, the, and I was like really mentally focused on that. And then ever since then, I've just been like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you're not the only person to say that. 
I've actually heard people say, like, people go back and read their papers from college or high school. They're like, oh, my God, I was so much smarter. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now it's one, your brain is being used every day with mathematics, arithmetic, you know, like grammar, science, like it's being filled full of things. And you're also using it constantly. Right. And then over course of time, we've just relaxed it, filled it full of booze. Like, ah, I'll watch another, I'll watch another friends rerun. I've already seen four times and not think about stuff. Right. Um, yeah. Now, that's why I do the job that I do, so I don't have to think all day long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm right there with you. Uh, <laughs> and I yeah. and I'm ex- I make that excuse for myself to say that, okay, since I don't have to think about my job, since a trained monkey could do my job, I then I can focus my brain on other things like the podcast or like writing this or that or other different types of business ventures that I might want to try and go into. But yeah. then in reality, I just sit there and think about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm right there with you. I wish I could say my best writing was in high school. Uh, it wasn't um, because I, uh, I don't know, be mild, being mildly dyslexic and writing in high school was such a nightmare like every paper i wrote was covered in red ink from grammatical errors oh yeah the story might have been solid but you had to cut your way through a jungle of misspelled words and wrong placed commas um and i the only reason i swear the only reason i got through high school half the time is i dated a girl who was like editor of the yearbook who was insanely smart when it came to grammar and stuff like that not only that she was like her family was like uh like her grandmother was deaf and so was her grandfather so she knew sign language and the only reason i bring that up is doing sign language you have to spell constantly so her vernacular or not her vernacular but like her grammar and her spelling and all that stuff was like picture perfect because you're doing it with your hands essentially so you'd have her go through and edit all your shit every time <laughs> and she just like like i felt like there were times she just re- rewrote the whole paper for me and she goes what are you trying to say i'm like i'm trying to say this why don't you say it this way thank you <laughs> yeah. uh so yeah when in doubt get someone else to do it for you um <laughs> it was see i'm more of a i'm more of a supervisor i like other people doing my work for me um I have a weird, I have a weird thing where when I start to write, like it comes out so much more eloquent, eloquently and like just laid out way better writing it out than it ever would coming out of my mouth. Really? Yeah. I am the exact opposite. Dude, uh, like sometimes, especially with this podcast, like I go back and listen to some the stupid shit that I say. Yeah, and I'm like, man, like if I would, like if I would have wrote out, dude, if we ever scripted an episode, it would we would sound like the most intelligent people on this planet. If I could okay. just like write out everything that I wanted to say, and how, and then we could like write in all of our jokes and all of that. Sh- <laughs> 
Dude, I'm totally down. <laughs> now we'll say, I I guess I am better that way too. Because doing stand up, I literally, I have a like my bits are like scripted. Well, yeah, I've got I've got topics that it's like literally I can just go into. But it's like if I hit this, if I hit this line, I hit this line, I hit this line, and it's got a flow, it's got a beat, it's got a rhythm to it. And I keep it going. It's more musically, I guess, is why I always was better at that kind of thing. Right. It's like lyrics. But, yeah. It's lyrics to a song that I'm just repeating. Yeah. Like the inflections are the same. It's weird. It's like I'm acting. This episode is brought to you by Harrison Brogain, the nation's leading hair growth restoration product. Have you not been feeling assured of yourself lately? Feel like something's missing? You mean like my hair, Alex? That's right, Mike. You need a helping spackle of Harrison's Brogaine. Well, what would that do? Well, it helps with balding, <laughs> receding hairlines, and migraines. Well, I can't wait to use that. It's going to grow back my confidence. That's right. Now, side effects are diarrhea, hair loss, psychotic feelings towards ferrets, and death. Well, here I come, Harrison's Brogaine. Find it at your local pharmacy. Harrison's Brogaine, find it at your local truck stop. Harrison's Brogaine, find it at your local deli. Harrison's Brogaine, find it at your local bingo hall. Harrison's Brogaine, find it at your local VFW American Legion. So yeah, uh, we'll, we should. We'll write a, we'll write a script. Actually, uh, bringing all this up, it made me go, I challenge you to a, a novel story. Like, let's write a scary story and see what happens. Yeah, uh, dude, I'm totally down for that. And then yeah. maybe we could read them on Halloween night for our special Halloween special. I was thinking about that. <laughs> I literally was like, that would be something good to read on the Halloween special is what we write. Yeah. 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 Well, we got all month to do it. That's right. I'm sure we won't procrastinate and drink instead. Uh, oh, no, of course not. <laughs> Speaking of uh, challenges, Alex, yep. uh, when are you going to get up on the stand-up and read me some Bigfoot erotica? <laughs> First of all, I need Bigfoot erotica to read. And two... Secondly, uh, I, I have wrote your Bigfoot erotica story. <laughs> that is and, that is prepared and ready to go. Yeah, I need to do it, uh, obviously, in the city you're at, so you can come and watch and laugh and point and everything else and video um, it for uh, video it for put it social online. media yes yeah um yeah it's a solid five minutes i've read it myself several times uh laughing and timed it and i timed it out to almost exactly five minutes when i read it nice so uh, if you I'll, if you kind of read it at the same pace that i that i read it then it should be about five minutes yeah and i feel like I we do read it at about the same pace yeah, I was going to say, I would like to read it before going up there so I can get it out and actually know what I'm reading because I, dude, public reading, I suck at. Uh, I don't want to be like, uh, 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 mm, uh, then his throbbing. <laughs> but, but it might ruin the surprise. But all right. Okay. No, no, see, I thought that too. Part of me wants to go in there cold turkey. like, all right, I got my monkey costume on, uh, onesie. Let's do this because uh, I'm totally wearing that when I get on stage. Like if I'm doing it, we're doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you have to. Yeah. 
Maybe I will. Maybe I will let you read it first. That way, <laughs> that way you can, because I, because I purposely wrote it funny, so it would be, you know, yeah, because it's supposed to be a five-minute stand-up comedy, yeah, <laughs> about fucking a Bigfoot. <laughs> so, so maybe yeah. I will let you read it first. Just maybe read it a couple of times, just so you have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm excited about this. All right, all right. So, anyways, uh, so we we've been talking for a long time now, and we still have no idea how to survive Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I I got really uh, latched on to Mary Shelley, where I'm like, by the way, you can l- listen to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein free on Audible right now, um, or at least it, it's part of if you actually have the thing. Anyway, now. Uh, Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus, the book uh, is what it's called. Um, so my man, Frankenstein's monster. All right. So here's the first thing up. He doesn't have a name and it pisses me off. Uh, his name is Frankenstein. Want to know why? Because he didn't have a name. No. Yes. But kind of <laughs> like, let's think of it this way. Now, this isn't for everybody. I realize that, but in, you know, like most people, like, all right. His name is Frankenstein S. Monster. Frankenstein's monster. Here's what what I was going at. Do you have the same last name as your dad? Yes. Me too. Frankenstein at least has a last name. It's Frankenstein. His dad being Victor Von Frankenstein, who quote-unquote, brought him to life, his creator. Uh, so in my mind, his last name is Frankenstein, at least. So you just call him Frankenstein. But I know everybody's like, it's Frankenstein's monster. Not really. Because in the books, Frank- Victor called him a demon, a creature. It like, wouldn't give him a name. Yeah. In some renditions, he didn't, want to, hu- he didn't want to humanize him. Yeah. Uh, because many you give him a name... You know, they say that if you live on a you know, farms or whatever, like don't name an animal if you're going to slaughter it because you're not going to want to do that. You yeah. only keep it. Uh, the uh, so now there's some renditions that called him Prometheus, and I like that because part of her original title was Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus. So Prometheus Frankenstein. So I'm going to call him Prometheus or uh, PF for PF flyers. Uh, <laughs> if you ever seen the Sandlot, but <laughs> so, yeah, so I, that's what I'm going to call him is PF uh, for Prometheus Frankenstein. Anyway, that aside, I uh, also have to get this out of the way. And some of y'all might be like, wait a minute. He's just a zombie. Cause he's a reanimated corpse. Yeah. And yeah. me, me and some other trolls on the internet, <laughs> uh, have talked it out and, uh, have decided that's not true Oh, okay. because a zombie is one body that has been, has come back to life yeah. and is now wants to eat brains and all that kind of stuff like that. Mm. PF doesn't want that. No, like, no, no, no. He, well, number one, he's not one thing. He is a bunch of pieces of all these different people 
and animals in the yeah. book that's, that's put together and then brought to life. So he's a, literally a new entity by himself. Yes. Now, and he does not want to eat brains. No. And in all honesty, in, if you follow any of the literature or anything like that, he's actually not a bad guy. That's the funny thing. That's the one thing I've been banging my head against the floor, trying to figure out how do you survive a guy that's cool? Like, yeah, he's weird. He's like that dude that like your friend in like middle school and high school who's like odd, but you like him because he's still cool. But you just like, I don't know. He might might be, oh yeah, I don't know. Just might be an odd dude for whatever reason. Yeah, but um, if you don't like him, he kills your family members. You know, yeah, whatever. I mean, whatever, you know. You if know. you don't want to do yep. what he says. You pick and choose your friends, right? Uh, we've all got one that's a little off the rocker, okay? Yeah. I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, some drink more than others, some don't. You know, yeah. some you're like, yeah, I wouldn't leave you alone with anyone I know, but yeah, you know, you're still a cool guy. Uh, you'll help me out in a bar fight. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, I don't give you scissors at all, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Alex, would you help me out in a bar fight? Uh, yeah. Awesome. All right. <laughs> but please, dude, I'm too old to be getting in bar fights. <laughs> I would totally help you out in a bar fight. Thank you. If somebody just started talking shit to you, I would probably just deck them without <laughs> even you just you would be talking shit back and then all of a sudden you'd just see my giant fist come flying from the side <laughs> and just waylay. Yeah. And then you'd be like, it wasn't, I had talked him down. I'm like, no, yeah. no, I knocked him down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he's going to buy us beers. Oh. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's so fun. All right, dude, I got to tell you something real quick. I know we're I'm way <laughs> off course here, but dude, I had like a weird uh, thought slash fantasy. I don't know what the hell you call it, but I remember one of my buddies was beefing with this guy. And it's basically because this guy used to hook up with my buddy's then at the time girlfriend. And uh, whatever reason, this guy was like a tall, lanky guy. But uh, I like him and all his buddies were on like one side of the bar and me and him were over here. Then I tried to like walk around the bar like the because there was just a shit ton of people to my left. So I walked like the long way so I could just walk to the bathroom. And this tall, skinny guy, or he wasn't really that tall and skinny, but whatever. He walked by me and he tried to do that macho thing where you like, you lean in and like give each other the shoulder. Yeah. Like that, dude, I have had that done to me my entire life. Okay. I've had enough bullies in my life. And the funny thing is, I'm so quick that when he did it, I just like snapped to like to the side. So he didn't even touch me. Right. I just was yeah. like, boom. Like, and so he just kind of looked weird like he stumbled. And I just was like, I acted like I was throwing it in it and just basically like matrixed him around my shoulder. And I just snapped <laughs> back and just kept walking, like just shrugged him off. Right. Yeah. But part of me, for whatever reason, I, I, I was like half asleep. And I thought about that situation because my buddy was like, dude, what the shit was that? I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, dude, he totally tried to do that. I'm like, I ah, don't worry about it, man. I was like, he didn't even touch me, man. Yeah. Like, I'm not worried about that guy. He's like, yeah, but, it, but he was getting pissed. He was like, yeah, he, he's trying to swell up with like, of course, I'm looking at him, that guy and he's with like three dudes and two of them are bouncers. Like, look, man, we're outgunned. Uh, <laughs> me and you at the time weren't really allowed to be in this bar because we were like both like 19 and they're like 24. So 
I don't know if you remember being a freshman in college, but people that were that age looked like giants. Um, <laughs> but I mean, not to me, really. To, but part, <laughs> I don't know. I, to, when I drive through like college campuses and I see like the new freshmen, I'm like, you all are babies. You look so young, right? Oh, yeah. And I remember being 18, looking at 20 something year olds going, they're so old. Oh, like, yeah. Why do I look so young and they're so old, but they're only like four years older than me? It was more of that. But anyway, yeah. but part of me, for whatever reason, was thinking about this. I was like, you know what I should have done is I should have let him hit me and then failed to the ground obnoxiously, like where I like pushed chairs out and just yeah. like threw my arms down, even maybe like spilt my drink on him. Yeah. Like, whoa, I just yeah. kind of like went Pull, crazy. Pulled a LeBron James. Basically. Hi, I'm full of shit. 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 Hey guys, I'm full of shit. Hi, I'm full of shit. shit. Hi, I'm full of shit. Hey y'all, I'm full of shit. So, I'm full of shit. Hello, I'm full of shit. I've got so much shit inside my ass right now, it's really bothering me. I'm full of shit. If you're constipated, grab yourself a generous helping of Asplosion Probiotic Greek Yogurt. For that creamy release, you not only need, but also want. How to survive Frankenstein. He's actually not a bad guy, right? Like... He goes out, he he's lonely. He learns like in the actual not the not the Boris Karloff Frankenstein where he's like a tall looming monster who just doesn't talk, but the original one he was he was literate, you know, he talked, he, like he he had wants and dreams and really all he ever wanted was to be loved and accepted. Yes, yes. But he was never accepted. And that caused him a lot of pain and anguish. And it was because every time he tried to show affection or anything, everyone tried to attack him or beat him or like, you know, chase him here. And then he would reverberate and attack them back. So uh, he was actually technically, I guess, in the original one, he was a vegetarian. Mm. Now, here's the thing that made him scary. One, he's made up of different corpses. Uh, he apparently had long hair, like the whole like flat head with the bolts. That wasn't original, but he had like a uh, little bit longer, like pretty hair, I guess is what they said. Uh, he stood about eight feet tall and I think it was like 325 pounds or something. Is that a red somewhere? Yeah. So a very large dude. Oh, he's big. So he's a big ass dude. Now yeah. let's say, let's say you want to survive. Okay. Let's just say. Number one, if you want to survive, don't make an eight foot, 325 pound man out of old dead body parts and bring him to life. That's number one. Yeah. Why uh, did he make him so huge? Honestly, because it was easier to work with. The longer, the larger the body, the larger the, the figure, like the small details, like the eyelashes and the eyebrows and the little very fun finite things that make up who we are are just a little bit bigger and easier to work with if you're a larger human. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, but then you got a big giant ass fucking person. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if Frankenstein was today, now they got like robot arms that could sit there and like just etch him back to life. Well, he could have contracted somebody out who specializes in miniatures and who does the fine detailed work like that. It's not like those people didn't exist back then. Hey, uh, watchmakers. Yeah. Watchmakers were amazingly. Now you'd have to get one with like a, a sense of like, okay, low morality. Gonna, <laughs> yes. Low morality. He just wants some money. He's bet too much money on yeah. dice or something. Blew too much money on the opal, <laughs> the opium dens yeah. or whatever the hell they're right. into back then. Right. Um, so get a jeweler instead of a watchmaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever, just whoever. <laughs> you know, just find anybody that can do fine. I mean, jeweler, I guess, could work. I would see the reason I was thinking watchmaker because they use like all those little tools and to like to sew up stitches and to like put eyelashes on and like all right i'm gonna put a weird hair over here because everybody has one yeah um, yeah but <laughs> so yeah number one uh don't reanimate a bunch of random dead body parts together yeah. um he couldn't, so that have, would be number he couldn't one. have found just like one guy that was still you know fully intact See, I always thought that too. Like you couldn't just like zap that one, but I guess it was like, maybe it was the freshest of the fresh, you know, like you ever get a steak where like it, then you put it in the fridge and it sits a little too long and half of it's gray and the other half still looks kind of red. Well, he just chops the gray off and goes, I don't need that part. I'm going to take this good part still. I'm going to attach it. And then I'm going to go over here and get me a flayed mignon. It's half grayed out. I'm going to take that piece. sew that together. And I'm going to take this ribeye, stick the bone on there, and then I'm going to cook it. And now I got me a pretty decent steak. (laughs) (laughs) See, what I would have done is I would have went to a bar, met a guy, brought him home with me. Yeah. Strangled him. And then he would have been dead. And then I would have tried to zap him and bring him back to life. Yeah. He's fresh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, look, your logic is sound. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Then you don't have to do any of that sewing and all that yeah. shit. <laughs> but, how, but let me ask you this. How awkward of a conversation would it be if he woke back up? Yeah. Like, hey, hey, hey. I'm like, it worked. <laughs> It worked. It's alive. <laughs> hey, buddy. Uh, you remember me? He's like, wait a minute. Well, you're the son of a bitch to kill. <laughs> like, no, I didn't because you're alive. Yeah. You're no welcome. harm, no foul, buddy. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Look who's still breathing. This yeah. guy. What's up? You're welcome. I think I owe you a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that part, I don't know. I don't know why. I guess it was the long, it was just, I guess. I think it was, it was the, a tool. 
was a tool to make him grotesque in the story so that he could, no matter what he did, he could not find love. Oh, yeah. Well, this whole story was about uh, hardship of like the father to son and the hardships of birth and good versus evil and morality and all this. Oh, yeah. I also forgot to mention uh, this is arguably one of the first science fiction novels ever written. Because yeah. it was the first time they used science to perpetuate something else. Right. Uh, anyway, if you want to survive, uh, so yeah, don't uh, bring someone back to life. That's number one. Even though, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Frankenweenie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you have? I have. God, I love that, I love that movie because I at the time, you know, I had a dog. Yeah. Um, sparky and, <laughs> sparky that's right um and i always thought it was like right i swear i was at that age where like you start to understand and you start realizing what death is or comprehending it at least a little bit like wrapping your brain around what it means to be kind of that thing yeah and i remember watching that movie going if i could do that to my dog i totally would <laughs> Because me and my dog were like best friends, but uh, see, I would be too afraid of the whole pet cemetery situation. See, and then a couple years later, I saw that damn movie, and now I'm like, <laughs> fuck that. Uh, <laughs> pet cemetery haunts me to this day. Like I <sighs> saw it in probably middle school or high school, and I'm like, the cat, the kid, the whole nine yards. I'm like, okay. I'm good. Did you watch the remake, the new one? No, I haven't. It's good. It's pretty good. Is it? Yep. I recommend. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, see, that's playing with, you know, at least Victor Frankenstein was doing science. That was like voodoo <laughs> or hoodoo or black magic or just, you know, yeah. witchcraft or, you oh, know, just the devil's work. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. It's like, yeah, go ahead. Bury something there, I dare you. Uh, <laughs> also, if if bugs die there, do they come back demonic too? Oh, I'm sure. Like if if like a grasshopper dies there of like a pesticide, it just flies in the air and, just, and then it falls to the ground. I think That's it has to be buried. It has to be oh. buried. All right, so a gopher... Uh, <laughs> eats some rat poison and then goes over there and goes in the ground and he wakes up demonic. Yeah, you're exactly <laughs> right. And then he, yeah. you know, has his own movie. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever, uh, damn it, I'm getting off topic again, but there was a movie called Zombie Beavers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was literally a terrible BCD movie. Uh, that me and my me and my cousin love watching terrible movies together. It's our thing. Uh, but I remember last when that came out, that was the last one he called me. He was like, "Dude, zombie beavers, you ready for this?" I'm like, ah, "Yeah, let's do this." Um, <laughs> but yeah, terrible movie. Uh, yeah, zombie beavers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so number one rule: don't bring anything back to life. Okay, that don't need bringing back to life. Like, I guess if it's fresh, it's fine. Because, like, you know, you see here all the stories about people in, like, hospitals that, you know, they're pronounced dead and they wake up in the morgue or, uh, 
you know, people just cry over someone that's dead and all of a sudden they come back to life. Like they don't know what brings them back and they do. I think that's fine. But if you're picking, if you're going through a cemetery like Easter egg hunting and you're trying to put together the best rabbit for the season, uh, yeah, don't do that. But if you do do it <laughs> and it comes to life and let's say it's not the peace-loving Frankenstein monster we know and love uh, who just wants acceptance because that's it. Like if we live in that story, if you just accept him as him, as this like kind of person that's got a lot of stitches and he's, he's together, but some of it's rotted, but it's, it's cool or not that rotted and it's, he's alive. He's cool. He just wants love and acceptance. You can go, Hey man, you care to mow the lawn? He go, yeah, okay. I got you dog. And he go out there and mow it. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't, yeah. So that, that I thought about just ending it there. Like, all right, that's it. Just love and accept. Just say, Hey, how are you doing? My name's Alex. Hey, cool. Hey, come on, hang out. You want a beer? Like, that's it. Boom. Frankenstein over. Uh, but if he turns evil or he is, you know, against everyone or no one accepts him and he's fighting everybody because of it. Here's your only chances. One, he's a giant man. You're not going to overpower this dude. Uh, so he has, I don't want to say superhuman, but above human strength because of that. He's a large dude. What do you expect? Uh, from all of the different um, lore about the guy, everything that's been written about him, um, he's dead, but he's not ever truly dead. So if some, like even if you let's say you shot him in the head, or I don't know, removed his heart or something like that, someone could still technically reanimate him. Right, just resetting. Yeah, or just switch out hearts, or you know, if it was like you know you broke his back, you put a new back in or a spinal cord, boom, he's back at it. Yeah. <laughs> So he's like, you know, the ever-changing dude. Uh, but the one thing that is true for every piece of lore I've seen, the one thing that I know that is detrimental to a Frankenstein is fire bad. Fire bad. Yeah. Fire. And in all the Boris Karloff Frankensteins and all that. It seems like they dropped a burning building on this dude like two or three times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that seems to work. And it makes sense. I mean, I think about it this way. If you can burn him, that means he will essentially be cremated and all those parts will be cremated and there's nothing to keep them together. Right. But a lot of them say a Frankenstein is in and of itself just it's Granted, he's of spare parts, but he is still a working human being. He's got a beating heart. He's got blood. He's got a liver, kidneys, you know, all that. So anything you could do to a normal person, you could do to him. Does Frankenstein have a soul? Ooh. The nice guy in me wants to say yes. Yeah. Because I want to, because I... I feel for him because he just wants love and acceptance. He just uh, wants to be loved. 
Yeah, I just want to be loved. That's what he tells Victor in the in the in the movie, or not in the movie, but in the story, in the in yep. the original story. That's what he tells Victor is yep. he just wants to be loved, and if he would only make him a mate, make him a mate that would love him, then he would be happy for the rest of his life, and he would go yep. on living without any kind of damage being done to anybody or anywhere else. And Victor won't do it because he's too chicken shit. <laughs> he's too proud. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I think that's. I think that could be a way to survive. That could be a way to survive a Frankenstein attack, especially if you're a woman. To be it's, his mate. To show him love. To show yeah. him love yeah. and affection. Yeah. It. It would be like king kong especially if he's not if he's not the literary one he's the more like towering he's a fire god fire god and like hey hey big guy he's like yeah yeah Yeah. like you know yeah he would definitely fall in love with elvira uh yeah i mean who wouldn't uh (laughs) 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 yeah yeah what i've totally tried to ask my wife to dress up like that Um, (laughs) as you should yeah no um, (laughs) yeah i um i I joked around about that because I think I made Cassie watch Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Like, by the way, it's not the best movie in the world, but I liked it as a kid. Um, or as a middle school or a high schooler. You'll figure out why. Uh, <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's also a cult classic. What do you want? Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, that was definitely a angle for sure. I was, or just make like if you made him, make her. Don't be Victor Frankenstein and not make her because that's when he goes on a murderous rampage. He's like, make me one. He's like, no, you're evil. You're terrible. You just want love. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it was all looks for Victor's for Victor. It was. Yeah, because at that point he hadn't done anything bad. No. And it was just because he looked so gruesome. Yes. It was just, he looked so bad, but I'm like, dude, did you not know what you were making? Like, yeah. did you not look at this thing? Yeah. Or or he was so obsessed with technology and bringing someone back to life. He overlooked all these things. It's kind of like when you buy a shirt at the mall and you're like, oh my God, this looks amazing on me. And then you take it home. You're like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> this thing is way too tight. I look like a douchebag. Like, I don't want this anymore. That was Victor Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, like, uh, like the morning after the two o'clock pickup at the bar, or that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was thinking more like, yeah, I bought all these Ed Hardy shirts, and I don't know why I don't want to wear them anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're you're more like, hey, what up? How you doing? Uh, I know. Right now, you don't have all your teeth. I ain't worried about that, girl. 
What a, no, or, you said Ed Hardy. I was thinking uh, Affliction T-shirts. <laughs> Same thing, man. Come yeah, on now. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe. Uh, I just saw a guy wearing one of those the other day, and at my son's football game, and I, I could not, I could not stop giggling to myself. Yeah. seeing him sitting there with an affliction t-shirt on yeah man people are bringing it back i'm like what are you doing why yeah. huh? it is the nickel backup t-shirts it is why are you doing this <laughs> 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 like we all see it we all know it why yeah. are you doing it yeah yeah because he's because he's a big Nickelback fan. Because he <laughs> likes Nickelback. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's funny. But yeah, um, that's the funny thing is I saw, I was watching on TikTok. It was some dude had that get up on like the Affliction T-shirt and then like the jeans that had like bedazzling on them. Oh yeah. And I'm like the bedazzled cross on the butt cheeks. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Why did anyone think that was a good idea? I don't know. Um, I remember someone trying to sell me on it though. They're like, dude, it's like having tattoos on your shirts. I'm like, <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. So a tattoo on my shirt. Yeah. So you can take it off and switch it out. For yeah. other tattoos on your other shirts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was well, some, one of my bro friends tried to talk me into that back in the day. I uh, it's, a, it's a tattoo shirt for people who are uncommitted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can change it again. I, I will say all those, when that, that era was happening, I feel like I had more artistic shirts, like weird shirts. Dude, I had... Nothing but fucking like uh, band concert shirts. Oh yeah, like that was my whole. I had black band concert shirts and blue jeans was my style. That's what I wore. Yeah, and that's what I still wear most days. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's what I would choose all the time. I've I've been dressing like that for years. Uh. <laughs> uh Band t-shirts and nothing else. Um, but yeah, no, no, but yeah, I definitely did a little stint where I would buy, um, I don't know, like those, the band t-shirts was always like a thing to wear, but I'd also every once in a while, I don't know. I was always into gag t-shirts that would say funny stuff to it. Like I did it in, middle school and high school and like anything that was, I thought was remotely clever or funny. Oh yeah. I still have a or bunch just, of those too. Yeah. I have, I have so, quite a few shirts that I bought off of t-shirt hell.com. Yeah. You ever been there? No, but I might uh, check it out. I'm, try, I'm trying to think of the one I go to all the time, but yeah. Um, <laughs> one of my favorites from that website is a, a rainbow in the gray scale. And below it, it just says straight. <laughs> <laughs> I used to wear that all the time when I'd go out with my lesbian friends. Yeah. So, so you could pick me out of the crowd. 
<laughs> See, I would wear stuff like um I'm trying to think. Uh like I had one that had like Mr. Rogers and he was sitting there with like a pistol in his hand and it said, Welcome to my hood. Uh <laughs> that was like my jam all the time. Or um Man, I saw a t-shirt not too long ago that I was like, dude, I had that t-shirt. And it was like three like squares and it had like good, better, best kind of thing on it. And it was like good and had like a couple beers and a keg. And then that last one was like you doing a keg stand or something. I don't know. It was like cheesy shit like that. Oh, yeah. But but yeah. Uh, I had a Bart Simpson t-shirt that said sleepings for pussies. <laughs> really? Yeah. When I was in high school. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got in trouble for wearing it to school a couple times and I'd have to turn it inside out. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. Uh, I had a t-shirt that said I killed Kenny uh, from <laughs> South Park and uh, I got definitely banned from wearing that to shirt uh, to school mainly because there was a a janitor that we had whose name was Kenny. Um, <laughs> and I think it freaked him out, to be yeah. honest with you. He's like this Columbine-looking asshole over here. Uh, <laughs> he did look like one of the Columbine shooters, I have to, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a goth kid. Well, that's what made it worse is that just happened. Yeah. And I'm walking around with this T-shirt. And I'm like, no, it's a South Park reference. Okay, I get it. You all don't want South. Okay, yeah, I won't wear it to school anymore. Um, <laughs> also, had a shirt that just said Jackass on it because of Jackass. Yeah. Uh, couldn't wear that one. Actually, I got <clears throat> it, I get so bad at one point that the principal would just find me to see what my T-shirt was that day to whether <laughs> to make me put it inside out or not. And I had one that I was really into BMX biking and it had like, I can't remember what on the front of it, but on the back, the brand of the brand of the t-shirt was printed in literally probably like two inches long. And it said dog pile. That was the production name brand. Yeah. Uh, And honestly, he made me turn that inside out because of that. And he goes, I know what that means. I'm like, I'm like, I mean, yeah, but it's the production. It's not the actual t-shirts. What's on the front. He's like, no, you're turning that inside out. Well, he's like, come find me. But anyway, um, what's dog pile. It was whatever the BMX group. It was like their No, like brand. what's the, what's the bad term dog pile oh, dog shit, I guess. Really? I yes. see. I, there's nothing offensive to me about that. Yeah, dog poop. I was, it was one of those things that it was. Even I looked at him. Was like, really? Yeah. Like, and he goes, "Yeah, I know what that." I'm like, I don't like. I, I don't know. I also <laughs> yeah, like in footballs when a whole bunch of people all jump on top of the guy who got tackled and they call that a dog pile. Yeah, I. But I mean, I again, not offensive. Yeah, it was. I think I had just pissed them off so many times in a row that it was anything that was remotely, vaguely offensive. uh, He was going to call out. But anyway. um, But yeah, what you're not going to do is take down Frankenstein with uh, dog piles. No. Uh, Nope. Actually, you know what? I was going to tell you. 
Uh, you need a group of people. A dog pile of burning wood. A dog pile of burning wood that is a house. <laughs> That's the only way to take down Frankenstein. Yes. Um, honestly, that is it. Like You got to get a group of people to herd him somewhere. Enough people where numbers are your game. Get him there. Set the thing on fire. And then, boom. No more Frankenstein. That's it. That sweet, harmless creature yeah. that you're setting on fire. My poor man. That poor man uh, until you don't do what he likes and he murders a bunch of your family members. Um, but before that, he yeah. was a sweet guy. He was a sweet, uh, sweet man. Prometheus Lynn Frankenstein. <laughs> Lynn. Okay. Prometheus Lynn Frankenstein. Um <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah PLF. yeah <clears throat> yes <laughs> but yeah um but yeah that's i mean or just show him love and affection yes like you don't have to set the guy on fire you don't no. have to do canisters of gas trap him somewhere like you can just be like hey man you know what he needed he needed to find a blind person he dude he did in the in the story <laughs> i know that's what i'm saying a blind, but a blind woman is what he needed yeah because he wanted uh, to yeah. mate, you know yeah and she would feel around him and feel how big he is and be like, ooh, you're big. Wow, yeah. And he'd flex for her and stuff, yeah. and she'd be like, oh, yeah. Touch down there, like, are those stitches or is that rib for my pleasure? That's, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Lordy. <clears throat> no, yeah, no, that's, yeah. Um, if, if you're a dude, you got to bro him up. You know, you got to be like, hey, what's up, bro? Hey, here, try on this Ed Hardy affliction t shirt. It's bananas <laughs> yeah. and jeans. People are going to love it. Hey, this is a band called Nickelback. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just recite all the lyrics to people. They'll know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm, I feel like uh, Frankenstein would have been more of a Creed guy. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. I think he would have went through a Nickelback, you know, maybe Wonderwall, Oasis phase, but he would have landed on Creed eventually. Yes. Uh, yes. With his arms wide open. Dude, I think we figured it out. I think we figured out how to survive the yeah. gentle creature that is Frankenstein. Yeah. The non-monster monster yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah, I had trouble with this because I'm like, I don't want to, like, I just want to buy the guy a beer and be like, man, yeah. hey, it'll be all right. Yeah, you can sleep on my couch for a while. He sounds uh, so lovable and huggable. Yeah, right. I want to give him, I want to find a stuffed Frankenstein for my daughter now. <laughs> she can you know, cuddle with. <laughs> I, I thought about, I was like, you know, that'd be a good Halloween. Um I'm gonna dress up like a mad scientist. I'm gonna dress up my son like, uh, like a little Frankenstein, and then that way it'll be my, <laughs> my little Frankenstein, and walk him around for Halloween. 
Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. That or I don't know. We might do monkeys. <clears throat> we got, I'm going to have uh Mandy wear like a white nightgown with blood on it and dress the baby up as a demon like Rosemary's baby. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this one you're just gonna have to convince her, like, yeah, just do this, don't worry about the reference. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, that won't go over. Yeah. All right. So is that it with Frankenstein? We surviving? Yeah, man. I think I'm surviving. I like, you know, I feel like I'm a nice enough person I could like I'm sure at first you'd be like, Ugh, uh, but it'd be like anything else you see out in the world at Walmart. You're just like, Oh shit. Hey, Hey, how's it going? Uh, no, and I'm not staring at that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm pretty good at controlling my facial expressions when it comes to meeting, yeah. uh, crazy looking things. Yeah. Um, I think I would do good. I think I'd do very well. Especially yeah. if I knew that it was, you know, a life or death type of situation meeting this guy, uh, whether or not I was going to show him love and affection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you knew beforehand, but even without, like, unless it was just, I don't know, like, if it's light out for sure, dark, I could see it might jump up on you, but whatever. Well, how? Um, He's eight foot tall. He's not, yeah, jump mean, up. He's not jumping up on nobody. Yeah. You're going to see him coming. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna get that initial reaction out of the way before he even gets up close to you. I feel like to I feel like in this today's world he would make it a lot better than back then. Because today oh. like, ooh, you're eight feet tall. Hey, are you on Tinder? Yeah. Uh yeah. I, I don't date guys under six feet tall. Uh <laughs> right. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's like, I'm a ball player. <laughs> <laughs> actually dude i was thinking about that as i was doing this I was like what if i had a frankenstein what sport would i make him play and i was like well probably football yeah. um he's big enough or basketball uh, dude he's eight foot tall i know but he's so big i don't i don't think he's got the agility for yeah he might not have the speed yeah I mean, you know, you you got those size twenty foot with the lead steel <laughs> soles on them, just don't, don't, don't. Like, yeah, he's it, gonna break the. Uh, he would definitely be a good uh, nose tackle in football. Then you're right. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. He would just destroy. Yeah. There would be no throws over the middle. <laughs> yeah. There would oh, be no running up the middle. <laughs> no, he'd catch every single field goal. Just palm <laughs> it with one hand. Just. Uh, <laughs> no second point conversion <laughs> <laughs> all right well yeah i think i'm surviving too i think uh yeah. i think i would be able to show frankie some love and affection yeah and uh and uh and survive and survive as long as i could physically survive the love and affection that he shows me in return <laughs> yeah uh, this just Pretty God, he's just interested in women. <laughs> then, yeah, I would, <laughs> I would totally be his best friend. For oh, sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So we're surviving Frankenstein. Uh, That's right. 
you don't be judgmental and show other people love and affection. That is the uh, uh, thesis, not thesis. That's the uh, theme that uh, today's episode was about. That was what you were supposed to take away from today's episode was that you need to show other people uh, consideration, love, and affection. That's right. No matter what they look like. Exactly. Exactly. And here we are, serverless thoughts. Who would have knew it? Spreading love and affection. <laughs> we we do, usually late at night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there will be a whole lot of uh, non-love and affection next week when we talk about <laughs> yeah. how yeah. to survive a home invasion. Yeah. You're going to need that Frankenstein in your corner. That's all yes. I'm going to say. Yes, you will. All right, so uh, find us on social media at uh, Soberless Thoughts on Instagram, Facebook, at Think Soberless on Twitter. You can also uh, email us at SoberlessThoughts at gmail.com. You can check out the website at SoberlessThoughts.com. Or uh, if you're uh, just looking for one of those podcatchers out there that catches all the podcasts and sends them out, to your beautiful ear holes to be pleasured at Soberless Thoughts. Alex, what do we say when we get out of here? We like to say, when you're in the skillet, you need to stay cheesy, keep it greasy, and flip on out. I got rice cooking in the microwave. Got a three-day beard I don't plan to shave. And it's a goofy thing, but I just got to say, hey, I'm a doing all right. Yeah, I think I'll make me some homemade soup I'm feeling pretty good and that's the truth It's neither drink nor drug induced No, I'm just doing alright And it's a great day to be alive I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes There's some hard times in the neighborhood But why can't every day be just this good? It's been 15 years since I left home Said good luck to every seed I'd sown Give it my best and then I left it alone I hope they're doing alright Now I look in the mirror and what do I see? Long wolf there staring back at me Long in the tooth but harmless as can be Lord, I guess he's doing alright And it's a great day to be alive I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes There's some hard times in the neighborhood But why can't every day be just this good? Sometimes it's lonely Sometimes it's only me And the shadows that fill this room Sometimes I'm falling Desperately calling Howling at the moon
two I'll take my old Harley for a three-day cruise Might even grow me a fool man chew ah, And it's a great day to be alive I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes There's some hard times in the neighborhood But why can't every day be just this good? It's a great day to be alive I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes There's some hard times in the neighborhood But why can't every day be just this How to Survive, Frankenstein. 